Hello and welcome back to the Vermillion Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Louis Prejean, sports editor for the Vermillion, the student newspaper at the University of Louisiana. And I just want to say, no one said anything about this intro until Michelle started roasting me about it. Then I did it. CJ's laughing. I mean, it's just... I haven't felt this attacked <laughs> since an hour ago when I pitched the podcast concept and no one's heard of it and I'm, now I'm upset. So we're doing the Raging Cajun series of unfortunate events and by a show of hands, who has heard of the series of unfortunate events? Books, Netflix series, or movie? Okay, so CJ, you're, you're alone. So you have... <laughs> <laughs> You have not. What were you reading as a kid? Because I was reading these Die books. Die of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> wow, that's good. What? Yeah, man. Captain Underpants. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what else? Do we have book takes? Anime. Anime? Naruto. Well, manga. Technically manga. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. I was just trying to think because I felt attacked when no one was really down with the, con- the concepts because all the talking points are in the style of the book titles, you know, with alliteration and whatnot. I thought I was being creative, but it turns out I was trying too hard, but that's okay. We're here to talk about everything that kind of went wrong for the Rage Occasions <laughs> this <laughs> weekend. weekend. And, but there, there are some positives in this episode. We always try to keep it positive, but it was kind of a series of unfortunate events throughout Rage Occasions athletics this past weekend. I'm here with sports writer Charles Long. <laughs> you kind of selling it short. Like, no one won this weekend at no. all, except for the softball team. They won a little bit. And the basketball team won the first game. But, man, we have a lot of gloom to get to. Sports writer, Michelle Smith. It wasn't that bad to me. <laughs> you know, I think it's, I see the positives in it. You know, you, you win some, you lose some. Okay. It's all good. That's a lot. Sports writer, <laughs> Matt O'Mahon. I prefer Maddie. Thank you. Maddie O'Mahon. <laughs> Sorry, the stand, the stand, uh, the stands are going to come out on Twitter. Don't expose me like that. I'm not exposing you. Maddie. Um, well, some of the wins that, I mean, losses were expected. Others were not. I'm not going to name any names yet. But. All right. Oh, <laughs> so don't expose you, but expose everything else. <laughs> Sports slash news writer, CJ Williams. So, man? I, I think the softball team's going to do well off these losses. Do you feel like you cursed the softball team? No, no, I don't. We have to go back to the Vermillion <laughs> sports curse I think, because I think. this is this is a real thing. Because what we did to the softball team, that that's our fault. They lost the games because of that. No, Lewis, no. <laughs> <laughs> they lost because they didn't score enough runs. Oh, okay. That's it. All right, CJ, are you saving your food take for last? Yes. All right, you're saving your food take for last, but we're going to give you a little teaser. It's vegetables, which I don't think we've gotten to that point yet. So maybe the food takes are going to have to die. We're at the point of vegetables. I mean, vegetables are important, Lewis. <laughs> you not eat vegetables? I eat vegetables. Okay. I, mean, I eat vegetables. All right, we're saving it for last, but let's talk about the series of unfortunate events, starting with Rage Cajuns baseball. The one and six start by the Louisiana baseball team is in the style of book titles from the books that I loved as a child. Now we love as children, because I'm the only one that read them. All right, we have the Rustin Ruse, which. That game kind of ended in a way, in a controversial way for some people, especially if you're a Rage Cadence fan. That kind of ended in a way that, you know, just wasn't favorable. Can you kind of explain what happened? 
Yeah, I guess we'll get into that before talking about this weekend. Um, yes. So the game against Rust or against LaTeX and Rustin was uh, was you know pretty quiet for most of the game. Um, you know the Cajuns pitchers kept LaTeX uh, hitters pretty pretty silent for most of it. Um, uh, they they took a one zero lead early. Uh, LaTeX scored two runs on a two out hit in the fifth inning, and they took the two one lead. And the Cajuns didn't get back into it until the ninth inning, um, where they had a perfect opportunity to take the lead. They tied the game up. Uh, with zero outs, and they had men on second and third with zero outs with the game tied. They could have taken the lead in the ninth inning. They would have won the game. Uh, they didn't get a run in with in that situation, which is just unexplainable. It, honestly, it's, it's like the the percent chances of them not scoring at least one more run in that situation are so low, and they still figured out a way to do it. Um, but then the controversy came in the tenth inning. Uh, we went into extra innings against LaTeX, and um, you know, they, they ended up scoring big game-winning runs late in that game, uh, but they got two extra outs by the umpires uh, in the game. Uh, there was a check swing that wasn't – that the, the player went with two strikes and it wasn't called, and they gave him a walk. And then there was an interference, uh, a, a sliding interference that wasn't called. Uh, Hunter Castles was going to try and turn a double play. Um, uh, the player slid into him. He couldn't turn the play. Usually that's supposed to be called a, a, an interference – and it renders two outs, but they only called one out. LaTeX went on to score the winning run in the 10th inning. So, um, you know, frustrating little trip to Rustin, but it only got worse. <laughs> it only got worse as we go to the Huntsville Horrors. Not to be mistaken with the Amityville Horrors or anything like that. That's originally what I was thinking yeah, you were going off of. And, then, and that's fine. That's fine. But we're here at the Huntsville Horrors with the Sam Houston State Series. This series was so brutal to watch. It was just, it was awful. Like, the first game, the Cajuns had a five-one lead heading into the seventh inning, and in the in the course of the first seven innings, they only gave up you know one or six innings. They only gave up one run. Over the next three, they gave up six. And Sam Houston State scored six unearned or uh, six unanswered runs, and they went on to win in the bottom of the ninth on a walk-off two-run home run. Uh, so that that was just yeah. like man, another another win wasted. And then the next day was even worse. Because the Cajuns held a 6-0 lead, and they blew that, and they lost 9-8. And I'll say this. L- well, listen. How, does that ha- how does that happen? The though? bullpen is a dumpster fire. It's a disaster. I'm not going <laughs> to mince my words. It has been awful so far this year. Uh, in the Sam Houston State Series, out of the 25 runs that they gave up, 21 of them came after the seventh inning. So Coach Robichaux, after you know their third loss, uh, they got swept by Sam Houston State. You know They, they lost the third game, but... Um, the first two were awful blown leads. They could have won both of them um, if they would have had decent pitching out of the bullpen. Uh, Coach Robichaux says that this is just part of, you know, uh, growing pains and stuff with some young pitchers and some pitchers that they need to figure out that can pitch after the seventh inning. Um, they're going to need to find that fast because if they don't figure out how to fix this bullpen, they're going to be losing games like this a lot. And, you know, Sam Houston State Series was just kind of an example of it. Um, so I'll say this. There were, you know, Three wins in these four game stretch that the Cajuns should have had, they didn't get a single one of them. So, I mean, even the fourth one was was decently controversial as well. Uh, Jay Walker, the, the broadcaster for the Cajuns, I was listening to his uh, broadcast, and uh, they, the Sam Houston State, took a three two lead late in that game, um, and they took a four two lead in I believe the eighth inning, the bottom of the eighth inning, 
and with two outs, there was a man on third, and the pitcher threw to third baseman. He should have been called out, but he wasn't. And then San Houston State went on to score five unanswered runs in that inning, uh, and they blew the game open off of like a home run and stuff. So it was just it was not a good series in, in Huntsville. And now the Cajuns, which are a very very talented team, and should probably be like five and two, and have a bunch of wins against some good programs, and then one and six. So awful start to the season. It's not what you like to see, but. And that's their biggest issues, the depth in the bullpen and the just relief the in general. or just the whole bullpen in general. Well, listen, the, the defense hasn't been great either, um, which is kind of surprising. Uh, you know, going into the season, we highlighted a couple of players that made, like, the preseason um, also Bell team. Uh, you know, Hayden Cantrell especially. You know, I don't like to say this, but it looks like he's kind of having a sophomore slump early mm-hmm. in the season. He's, you know, struggling at times. Uh, there's been a lot of uncharacteristic errors. You know, this team was very good defensively last year. Um, it was part of the reason why they were such a good team last season. But uh, this season, it's not really showing up. You know, the pitching, the starting pitching has been really a strength of the team. Uh, and the hitting by, you know, players like Hansa Monica and, and uh, Hunter Castles and some of these other players has been really good. Um, but, you know, the de- the defense has been an issue and the bullpen has by far been the worst. So. Uh, they're definitely going to need to figure that out if they want to figure, uh, start to get some wins together. Yeah, just not not a good start for a one, one and six. Yeah, and they six. have they have one more road game um, tomorrow night. We're recording this on Monday, um, Tuesday night in uh, in Hammond against Southeastern. Right. Um, so hopefully you know they can they can pick up a win. They they did really well against in state team last season. We documented that. Um, you know, not off to a great start with with their blown lead against uh against. You know, La Tech and their missed opportunities against that team, but hopefully they can, you know, get their first in-state win of the season uh, and start to get the ball rolling. Right. Uh, they're, hey, they're going to need to. So let's move on to Reggie's women's basketball and the Carolina Cage here on the series of unfortunate events. As Michelle shakes her head. Once again. Wait, wait, wait till you get to the men's basketball and the, and the softball. Then you're really be shaking your head at the titles. All right. Carolina Cage. We go to Maddie. You've been covering the women's basketball team? Yeah. The women's basketball team is 7-18 and 18 overall. They're coming mm-hmm. off a 71-65 to 65 loss to Texas State. They won a 55-52 game over ULM. But the women's team will be on the road this week, taking on Coastal Carolina on Thursday, App State on Saturday. <clears throat> Maddie, do you know why we call this the uh, Carolina Cage? It's a trap. Yes. <laughs> ah, there you go. So the Rage Cadence women's team will sort of be trapped on the road where they've been... Two and ten. Two, yeah, two and ten. <laughs> and this could be a trap game for maybe Coastal and App State. Let me explain. Louisiana defeated App State 73-55 to at the Cajun Dome early in the year. App State's 13-12 and overall and 9-3 and at home. The Rage Cajuns have a convincing win over App State and could take their road reputation, which hasn't been good at 2 and 10, as we've mentioned, and maybe come out on top against App State's home court advantage. So maybe this could be a little bit of a trap game for App State and the Reggie Cadence. So what are some ways that Louisiana can repeat the success of what they had earlier in the season? Well, when they beat App State at home, a big contribution was Ty Doucette. She had 28 points and 15 rebounds. But right now, she's kind of coming off of an injury, so we don't know yet if she's going to play as much as she usually would. Mm-hmm. And also, the Cajuns' defense, they held App State to 36% shooting, 
in that game, and that was probably one of their best defensive games in the whole season. So they're probably going to need to repeat that. Tough defensively, and you're not going to have Ty Doucette at 100%. So who else needs to step up? Are we looking at a Brandon, uh, Brandy Williams? Yeah, I think if Brandy comes in, like she has in the past, like the past four games she scored 20 points or more, so she needs to continue that. But I think other players need to contribute too because she can't be doing all the work. Yeah, I think uh, Cornier was a, a name we highlighted, uh, highlighted to begin the season, so maybe she would be able to step up. She had some threes. And the Texas State game, unfortunately, you know, the second half kind of doomed the Rage in that one. But maybe a Brady Williams or a Cornier can really step up and tie Doucette's limited minutes. Also, I just want to mention uh, Kendall Bess. Very energetic. <laughs> I was at the game against Texas State, and she's the one off the bench, like, cheering on the team no matter what, and brings a lot of energy to the game. So maybe that energy can translate in the F-State game, especially with Doucette a little bit injured. All right, let's talk about Coastal Carolina. So this one could be a little bit tough to swing either way here. So the Reducators did lose to Coastal at home, seventy-six to fifty-eight. But Louisiana and Coastal's Sunbelt Conference record are pretty close. Coastal mm-hmm. seven and seven, Reducators at five and seven. Coastal is playing better as of late, heading in with a four-game winning streak. So is, this one's a little bit Trickier. more tough to yeah. convince people of a Reducators trap win here. I think just. If they win the App State game, then they'll have momentum to build on the Coastal Carolina game. But it's really about the defense, in my opinion. And also their scoring, because last time they played Coastal Carolina, like, I think in the third quarter, Coastal had, like, 25-plus points, and the Cajuns only had, like, 13. Mm -hmm. And it's always that third quarter, in my opinion, where they just come out sluggish after the half, where it should be the opposite. Yeah, we kind of saw that against Texas State, because Louisiana did build the lead in that game, and then it fell apart in the third or fourth. So mm-hmm. it, it is those second halves. So, I mean, what are ways Louisiana loses these two games? And they're trapped in this continuing slump on the road. Just what what would you say are the reasons they lose these two games? Um, not consistently scoring, relying too much on one player to do all the work, and then just defensive play not being consistent yeah, throughout think, the whole game. Yeah, I think it's when they hold opponents under 60 or, or around 60, that's when they really have their best chance to win. And mm-hmm. you kind of saw it. I mean, when they, they held App State to 55, they held ULN to 55, and those were wins. So they, they need to hold opponents under 60 points. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Fingers will they, crossed. Will they be trapped in the Carolina cage, or will they be the trap for App State and Coastal Carolina? There you go. Not to be cheeky, but there we go. All right, men's basketball. CJ, this Me? one is the helpful home. Louisiana's 9-3 at home this season, 5-7 and seven away. They will play Coastal Carolina on Thursday and App State on Saturday for their final home games of the season. They're coming off a 64-62 loss at conference leader Texas State that can be described as an unfortunate event that happened at the end of the game. And we're all going to weigh in on this, but I want <laughs> CJ to weigh in on what what happened on, at these away games. Specifically Texas State? Yeah. Uh, they got down er- big really early in the game. They didn't start out very well, and they didn't shoot the ball well enough. Um, that would be the two things that I would say happened in the game. Uh, I was encouraged with the way they played on Thursday, um, especially since it was not at home, somewhere they, they struggled on the road. 
So I thought they'd play a little better against Texas State, but they put themselves into a hole. They climbed out of it, but you put yourself in a hole like that on the road, you can't expect to win games, whether it's by two or whether they stayed in the hole or what. You know, comeback, 20-point-plus comeback victories don't happen very often. So um, just, you know, discouraging is continu- continuing inconsistency from this team that could probably have three or four more wins right now, you'd think. Um but they just let games slip away or they have terrible quarters, especially early in the game. And, um, you know, if they played like they played in the last in the second half of the whole game, they might have they might have beat Texas State. They might have really uh, shaken up the Sun Belt Conference. I was, I was a little encouraged by the Texas State game. You know, I was encouraged I'm, I'm, by I'm, the second half. Yeah, but, right. I'm but, not completely down on it or anything. I, I am encouraged of their recent play over, like, the last four games. I'm, I've been encouraged of what I'm seeing. Not not as inconsistent, but you can still see those slight inconsistencies there. Uh, like like you mentioned, all right. I think Lachelle wants to weigh in on what happened late in that Texas State game because I mean you, you look like you had something something to say about the the ending to that game, Texas State and the Ricky Kid. I mean, personally, I did have hope that they would like come back and win after a lot of big late time shots from Cedric Russell. But they, like, defensively couldn't stop them. And it's very hard to come back against a team such as Texas State where, of course, you're making baskets, but if you're not going to stop them on the other end, it's kind of defeating your whole purpose of trying to win a game. And just the late-time decision of letting Justin Miller shoot the three, that could have probably been better orchestrated, you know. But it's all right. They could build off of that, though. Losing by two – it, it, that's a tough loss, but it's a loss I feel like you could you could build off of and move on. So we're not adding Justin Miller in this tweet on the promote, promoting the I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea. No I, offense to him, though. Like, right. you know, he, he's a great asset to that team and does what he needs to do. But I don't I don't think yeah. shooting the three was in the game plan. And he's been stepping up as of late, especially with his rebounding and, and, and his effort. And he's been stepping up, but... Just the ending to that game, you get Jakeen and Gant, you take a slight lead, but as you mentioned, you can't get the stop. Can't get the stop. I mean, what, Charlie, was it approximately five seconds after they took the lead, Texas State took it right back? It's, I'm not even joking with that. They like they took the lead um, on Jakeen uh, I think Jakeen and Gant lobbed, yeah. actually. And then, like, literally right down the floor of the next play, uh, Texas State jacked up a long three and they drilled it. Um you know, I was actually happy with the shot selection that Texas State took. I, I was, I was thinking, okay, well, if they're just going to settle here, and, and you know, instead of trying to get in the paint and 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 just get the lead back that way, I was, I was pretty happy uh, with a long three. But you know, you got to give credit to what credits do. The guy drilled it, um, and, and they took the lead back. So, yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about. You kind of had some thoughts about the late time. Decision, do you call a timeout? Do you not call a timeout? Do you just go? I want everyone to weigh in on this. I don't know what your kind of thoughts are in this scenario. So we'll start with Charlie. Where where do you lie on this? Let me kind of paint the scenario. Um, So it it was with about a minute left. uh, The state had the ball. Um, You know, they drained the clock down to about 40 seconds. Uh, They threw up a three, missed it, got the offensive rebound. That was killer. But... Uh, they they drained the clock again. They didn't try and go fast, so they drained it down to about ten seconds. They jacked up another three, and they missed it. So the Cadens had a chance. Uh, I believe Stroman got the rebound, and with about ten seconds left, you're thinking, okay, call timeout, set up a play, 
Uh, if you get a three and further win, you know, that works. But there's also an opportunity to send this game into overtime, right? You know, they played really well in the second half. There's a good chance that they can maybe sneak one out in overtime. So don't necessarily jack up a three. They jacked up a three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't call timeout. They didn't set up a play. Uh, they just kind of went with the flow of the game, which I didn't agree with. They had the timeout to use. Um, and in that scenario, I think you just kind of call it and set up a play. Michelle? Sure. Hmm. That's a good point, you know. I I can see why Coach Marlin probably didn't call that timeout. I can see why momentum-wise. Sometimes when you call timeouts in late-game situations like that, you can allow your team to overthink the situation as well, which allows more errors to come in. So I can see them trying to, like, just let the flow of it. But if you watch the game, too, the team didn't run back with Stroman either. It was only Justin Miller who kind of trailed back after a good four seconds had already been off the clock. So I don't know if it was just a miscommunication. I don't know if, like, that was something they did not discuss prior. Was it, you know, because just how it was, they kind some of them already acted like the game was already over instead of trying to make the effort. I think they expected the timeout. I, I think, and that's maybe what the, you know, disconnect was because I don't think it would have, it wouldn't have been hard to draw up a good play even for Jakeen and he had had a, a very tough game. He didn't produce as what we're expecting from him. He also got a little bit hurt in the first half with a little knee, but you could have drew up a good play, got it easy too, and went into overtime to fight another good fight and most likely could have won that game. So. Right. And you know what? We could do these like what if right. yeah. all day long. We can do these what ifs, but I kind of want to uh, see CJ. Okay. The pros and cons, calling a timeout. When you call run. a timeout, you give the other team a chance to prepare to defend you. Um, also, it stops the momentum of the game. I think with three seniors... I think you can trust them in that situation to understand, hey, there's 10 seconds left. We need to try to get a basket in transition and tie the game. I think that's what Coach Marlin is thinking. Uh, as players, I put that on the players. I don't put that on Coach Marlin. If, if you're assuming he's calling the timeout, you're thinking the wrong way. You just assume, I got to get the rebound. I got to go down, set up, and score. Um, they practice those situations, those transition situations and end-of-game situations. So you don't necessarily need a timeout. And you catch the defense, the Texas State defense, on their heels. They're running back on defense, whereas with the timeout, they set their defense. So I didn't have a problem with the decision. They just didn't get a good shot at the end of the game. They could have gotten a better shot, and they didn't execute. They got, they, got a, they got a more difficult shot. So I put it more on the players. It wasn't the wrong decision. I think it, I think if the game was tied um, at the end there, I, I would have understood just when them played out more. But when it's when they're down two, you gotta decide if you want to try and send this game into overtime or try to win it in regulation. Like you can't make that split second decision. I think like I think you know Stroman did by giving it off to Justin Miller, and trying to let him take take the three. But like I just think that there there had to be some kind of play that Marlon could have drawn up, uh, and maybe either had it decided okay, I think we can win this in overtime and send them into overtime. Or win it right here because our guys aren't are, are getting tired. You know they're playing this really tough team really well on the road. Like we don't want this crowd to get back into it in overtime type of thing. Uh, so try to win it here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of things that they could have discussed in, in, in the timeout. But I just think that you know uh, going in transition, especially down two in that situation. I don't know. I think forcing the team to play transition defense in that situation though is beneficial though. 
you do let them set their defense, but you can also try and run a play. And, and yeah, get, I got you, but you can run a play in semi transition with ten seconds too. Yeah, I just, um, I just, it's a like quick action. It's it. not going to be an extended. But play, it's hard but. to do that when no one else is running in transition. Yeah, that's what you. I'm saying. Yeah, and that's what, and that's, and that's the sad part because it could have been a way better situation, a way better shot, but literally only one person is following your point guard when the other three you got the hot hand Cedric Russell's not he didn't even run. Jakeenan didn't run, and then you got Justin Miller coming four seconds late. It just wasn't. It wasn't a good situation. If they would, if all of them would have been back in transition, I truly be, like just even the situation itself. Say Jakeenan's running full speed, you dish that off real quick. We're looking at a tie game, overtime, overtime yeah. or a foul because they were fouling late in the game anyway because yeah. they were tired too. Or perhaps you find Cedric Russell in the corner in, in a three. Right, after right. rotation, yeah. Yeah. you know. But, you know, I think when if you're Strowman in that situation and you see that no one else is, you know, in the in running down the floor with you, I think you got to call that out. If you don't have, if you don't have any help, yeah. If yeah. especially mm-hmm. if you're the point, yeah, call it. Yeah. Unless you want to drive straight to the rim and try and get up, it, which he had a lane. He there, the lane, the lane was open, and they would have had to foul him mm-hmm. because, as I said, the lane was open. If he would have driven to the hole, he would have either had an open basket or he would have had a foul and two shots to tie it up. And he finishes so well in traffic, so yeah. he would have scored. Yeah, exactly. He would have either scored or had two shots at the free throw line. So so in the midst of all these what-ifs, my favorite one is going to Maddie. <laughs> Maddie, if you were in that situation, I don't know your basketball game. Are you hitting that three? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I average like five threes. A game? Really? Yes. I what, what is your game? Shooting three. Mike, Mike Miller? Yeah. A little Mike Miller. But, okay. I mean, that's kind of my game, too. Mike I'm, Miller, Ray Allen. Yeah. Uh, I'm good at passing, too. You know? uh, let's go around the room. Let's get each other's uh, basketball games. I need to know, we need to know each other more. CJ, playing a pickup game. What's, my, what's, what's my, your role? What's my role? Yeah. Mm. Mm. Should we come back to you? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll come back to you. Michelle, play a pickup game. I'm definitely a two guard. But I used to, they used to make me learn how to play like down low too. So I know how to post up and everything. Oh, this is tough. I'm Paul George. Whoa. I can shoot. Yeah, I can shoot. But I'm also long, so I can definitely get to the basket whenever I feel and I can post up. So I'm Paul George. Are you trying on defense in a pickup game? Of course. Then Paul George is plays great defense. Yes. Yeah. yeah I'm definitely I, I, Paul George. I think Paul George, I just think it's a two way player. I'm definitely Paul George. So you're two way two way player. Sure. Alright, Charlie. Think of game. Hit me up in the post. In the post. You Shaq, man. You okay. gotta <laughs> I'm gonna work. I'm gonna work. If you guys don't know, which yeah. you probably don't, Charlie's like seven three? Seven eight. Okay. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh no, I I I like my post yeah, I'm probably the shortest one in the room. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the, let's go back to the Cajuns. The Cajun Dome is a helpful place to this Reggie Cajun basketball team. So this is from kind of my preview, the three-point defense, the bench scoring, the points off the turnovers, doomed the Reggie Cajuns in those two losses against Coastal and App State earlier this year, 104-77 to to App State and 98-6-79 to Coastal. After looking at the last two home games against Georgia State, and ULM, the story is a little different just one month later from these App State and Coastal games. It's a it's a different team, I feel, than the one that played against Coastal Carolina and App State. Coastal Carolina and App State hit 
a total of 24 three-pointers. The Rage Cadence have held opponents to a combined 14 of 41 from three-point range in their past two home games. The bench units for App State and Coastal Carolina combined for 77 points, but the second units for Georgia State and ULM only combined for 18. Louisiana has not turned the ball over that much in their most recent home games. The Rage Cadence turned it over 34 times in their last meetings with Coastal and App State, but they only turned it over 24 times in their last two home games. Coastal and App State scored 48 points off of those Rage Cajun turnovers, while Georgia State and ULM combined to score 20 points off of those turnovers. So CJ, would you say Louisiana has shown improvements in the three-point and transition defense over the last month? It depends on the game. I mean, I, I would say overall, sure. But, I mean, they've had games where they've been terrible at that. So I, I can't say that they've improved with any consistency. I can say that they've put it on film that they can do it. Um, but, you know, I wouldn't say uh, they've consistently proven that they can they can do that. I'd say that they they uh, have the ability to do it, but it just depends on what game you're watching and what team shows up on the court that day in terms of whether or not they um, – get that done i'm just looking at i mean i'm looking at the last four games and they've held all four opponents to under 80 points so this is yeah but it it depends on the flow of the game though because they give up sometimes they give up key baskets that are three-point baskets that are transition baskets where they don't get back or they or they miss an assignment and coach marlin has talked about that a lot so i just i I wouldn't i don't want to jump on a limb and say i would say yes that they've improved but i wouldn't i wouldn't say that it's consistent i feel like when you turn on certain games, it's not there where it, where it should be. That's what I would say. Okay. But we can agree on the improvement. I, I've seen the defensive improvement. Over oh, the you've past. seen it. Since, since when they gave up 300 points in three games? Of course. I mean, of then, course. Like, but I'm, I'm just saying they're not the best transition defense team. I'm, I'm not saying they're the best transition okay. defense team. Okay. All right. And this, would you say, this is not a slightly different team. You've seen that on this team. Hmm? You seem down on this team. I'm not down on this team. I'm not down on this team. I I don't know. I just want to see more consistency out of them. I'm, I'm not down on them. I just feel like they have ability. Like, they should probably be in the top four right now, and they're not. They're and right outside. They're outside right outside. They're two games outside, but I feel like they should be there. You know, they, they just drop games where it's like, eh. I, I just, I don't know. Listen, they show like a slightly were... different team than what we've seen. Uh, since Malik Marchetti gone down and they kind Absolutely. of struggled, I think this is. Their t- I think they're finding something here in these in these past four games. They've improved. They show, they I, show that they're a top four team in the Sun Belt this weekend, in my opinion. I don't think it's the starters though. That's that's the key to me now. It's it's the supporting cast that I feel has stepped up way more yeah. in these past. You got Trajan Wesley, who's finding his little rhythm. He's a little firecracker. He gives them a little spark. You know, he, he's finding his game defensively, offensively. He's inserting himself to be somebody that can contribute. Cedric Russell, who has been inconsistent in the season sometimes with his shots. But 25, 26-point game he just had. I mean, it's just other people are starting to get into the groove of it and try to help them. I don't even think it's like the starters or that overall they're better. It's just people are starting to be like, oh, okay, like I feel my way into the game now, which is taking a little bit of pressure off of your main people because I mean you can't there's no way they're going to be able to win the Sun Belt with just one player scoring mm-hmm. majority of the points being Jakeem again I mean they definitely showed something this past weekend that oh, tells yeah. me they're a different team from what I've seen 
throughout the con- conference play so far. Yeah, I, I I've seen a, a different group. I don't want I don't want people to misunderstand. They are a different team. I just feel like they can be better. Is what I'm saying. You look for the best. Uh, yes. This is I, a Skip Bayless type of perspective. I, they can be better. I, I don't want to call it a Skip Bayless, a Skip Bayless perspective you know, like, because no I'm not making stuff up. Like they can. I'm not oh, saying man, they're perfect. You just said Skip makes stuff up. Yeah, sometimes. Dang, that's tough. He, he does. He makes up alternate realities. <laughs> 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 I would been a debate. He does. <laughs> yeah, that's what I would say. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. Let's move on from the basketball team. Wait. Oh, okay, fine. TJ. Did they pick oh. up two wins this week? Did they pick up two wins? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're very they good team. They're very they good team. If they win out, I think they get the first round by. Which, you know, they're going to need to win out. But all those games are winnable. Okay. All those games are winnable. Well, Arkansas and, State, Little Rock, you know. Me uh, and Charlie were talking earlier. I think if, if they win out, they'll be in very good shape. Listen, the, the conference is so tight right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> Three and a half games separate them from first place. It's not they're not going to get first place, but they're going to get that first round by if they win out. Not and that's what they need. It's not out of the question, right? No. All right, very good, Maddie. Forgive me for this one. The the wacky Waco and <laughs> for a softball. Uh, forgive me for that one. I, I do apologize. Oh, <laughs> All right, Lachelle. It has to stop. You wrote about the softball team. I'm sticking to this bit. You talk about the talk about the softball team. The Reducators started 14 and 0 on the season, but dropped their final two games thanks to CJ. <laughs> of the Invitational. Oh man, I'm not down on them. Five for one in North Texas. Four to three to Baylor in eight innings. Oh man. Sorry about that. That's cool. Alright, so we have our weekly Keely Milligan talk. Michelle. In our attempt to get Keely Milligan on the podcast. She's definitely going to come to the podcast. I believe it. She's just too busy stealing bases right now. 24 of 24 on the season. That's absurd. That's absurd. That's, that's, yeah. Is there some kind of record nationally for that? Like, is she leading stolen bases, like, in the nation? She has to be. Well, she came in over 90% at Texas A&M on completion of stolen bases. But right now, we're 24 of 24. CJ, change your take. She's not going to miss a stolen base attempt until May. Don't jinx her. First of all, the jinxes are, aren't real. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. <laughs> the death one is very real. Sorry, Keely. Oh, she's actually second in the country. Wow. Who's got more Shout than 24? Someone's from Southeastern, actually. Okay. Wow. Person. Okay. How, many, how many is she? Uh, actually, they both have 24. She actually has one more. Oh. Why is? Oh, the percentage. Okay. So in in fourteen games, the fourteen versus sixteen games. Is what mm-hmm. okay. Got it. Got it. Wow, they're just really good. Like after twenty one, oh my gosh. So twenty one to one that, over Kent Yeah, State. that was ridiculous. But that, I mean, you kind of would have wanted to save those runs, right? For a North Texas, right? Or a Baylor because, in their rematches. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Those two losses aren't even bad for them. Like, at this point, we were just praising them because they're undefeated. But those two losses, especially the Baylor one, one run, they... They are against good, good teams. North oh, Texas yeah. And Baylor oh, tough, yeah. So. But offensively, they're... They also in a, beat they're Baylor a, as well this weekend. So they right. It, Baylor, yeah, so. so they split and one they, with them. It's and they not, beat North Texas. Yeah, they split with both. They it's split not a big. It's not a big, you know, we could panic. It's more like, okay, 
all right. They played them tough. Yeah, we'll let it go. It's nothing to hold against them or be like, oh, this team is a fluke. They're not what we thought. No, they're definitely still what we thought. While we're talking about it, shout out to Carragher Million, uh, also Cajun's uh, senior, who has 13 stolen bases on 15 attempts in 16 oh. games. She's 20th, tied for 20th in the nation. That's so crazy. Cajuns have two players in the top 20. Summer Ellison being named pitcher of the week. Yeah, several conference. This team is stacked. Player of the week. Yeah, team okay. stacked. No, Bonus. No, yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, Maddie, let's do our what if game. You're on first. How are you? How are you? How are you still in second? Do you have the speed? Huh? Do you have the speed to still hit? Oh me, yeah. not right now. I told you my legs hurt. Oh yeah, we're out. <laughs> Maddie out one or two weeks due to femur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry about that, man. I, I do believe in you. You could probably beat me one on one in basketball. I mean, that's true. One hundred percent. When are we going to set up this game? Wait, I'm ready whenever. This needs to be something that goes on Facebook or Twitter. The Vermillion Sports Tournament, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes, hey. King of the Court. King of the Court. Yeah. Okay. So the Vermillion Sports team plays King of the Court. Twenty one. Whatever game. When, are, play. when is this? Gotcha. Hot shot. Doesn't we could do, do it at Bourgeois. Somebody give me a date and a time. I'm <laughs> there. I'm, We're I'm down. With that action. I'm with that I'm, action. I'm, yeah, I'm there. Look, everyone's like, Char- yes. Except for Charlie. We haven't got Wait, a verbal what? agreement. How about Wednesday? Wednesday? Soldier Boy. Wednesday? <laughs> I <laughs> can't. Yeah. Up from her chair. <laughs> Unless it's after 7. After 7? After, we could go right now. Whoa, <laughs> I need to prepare. I need to I'm down. I, Whoa. <laughs> I mean, it's whatever. Wednesday's fine. Okay, it will come soon. Another another stat. Kendra Lamb is 21st in the country with a .48 ERA. That's insane. That is absurd. This yeah, team is amazing. Point Look, despite the two losses, the team's still great, still amazing. They split the two games, and having played North Texas back-to-back like that, and then having a close game against Baylor in eight innings... Just, it doesn't even discredit the Rage Kids softball team, so it, it's totally fine. They're okay. 14 and 2. Four, eight. It's fine. Summer Ellison is 38th on the list with a .67. They have two pitchers on the starting staff that mm-hmm. give up less than one run every seven innings. And I. <laughs> That's. What are you going to say? The only thing to worry about is my jump shot when we play. Okay. Turn. Um, <laughs> sorry. But I'm, I'm thinking about this, and we need to set it up soon. <laughs> we get CJ. Okay, what? It's time for your food take. Oh, it's time we're done with softball. Do you want to talk about softball a little more? Oh, I'm just, I was just. You saying. can talk, we can talk uh, about I'm softball a little more. Hitting the stats I mean, of that Charlie, softball right now. He, yeah, he's over here we like can, number can, crunching can, right now. Charlie can chime in with whatever he wants. To. Yeah, he's number crunching. I'm thinking about this game. <laughs> what, okay, what are you thinking about this game? The game that we're gonna play. Yeah, what, what do you think of it? Oh, okay. You want oh, so, I'm so. win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is gonna be the MVP of the oh, season. Then you like. I'm ready. Transform into Paul George when you step onto the basketball court. Yes. Okay. This Paul George, not past seasons. This one. You past seasons, you would be. Right. That hey, that Pacers team took the Pacers team that Miami. almost took LeBron out. Yeah. Give me that Paul George, but this one. This one's confident. He, he knows. You want that Paul George, but with this one shot. Yeah, his shot's way better. All right. Way, way better. Do you have anything, Charlie? Yeah. Give me one second to make sure I got the number right. Um, Who's my player coming? 
Tied for 18th in the country in hits is Raina O'Neill with 16 hits in 11 games. So Charlie's chiming in with the stats. I still want Keely another game to show us how she steals bases. All right, so in the promotion of this tweet, at Keely Milligan. Look, Keely, I can't be tweeting you no more. Like, this is not like, you know, I, I gave you one. I can't, I, I don't have two or three or four left in me. At this point, I'm going to just find what class you desperate. have and just, like, knock on the door. Just going to sound desperate at a point, you know what I mean? All right. Where where the fruit take? It's vegetables this week. Okay, first of all, I'm not down on the men's basketball team. I just want to put that out. Oh, you still he, you feel the way about this? No, because I, I think people think I'm down. I'm not down on them. No, I, I love the men's basketball team. I just wish they were a little bit better. We do hear you though, because they can be. Exactly. But that, okay, my food take. Yeah. I just want to say this, and I've been holding it my whole life. My parents made me eat these all the time, and I know there's people out there who have had my experience. So I'm, I just want to say I'm with you. Peas. If I had to choose a vegetable that was the personification of the devil, mm. it would ah. be peas. They peas. ruin every plate. <laughs> they shouldn't exist. And they suck. So <laughs> they just flat out suck. They're a horrible food. So I just want to say this. 21 years into my life, I don't have to eat them anymore. Peas are bad. I almost, I almost, <laughs> peas are bad. Okay. Really I hate, this. I hate peas. And so, that, that's the take. So we have Lachelle's reaction to the peace take. Right? You, you feel this. This is, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is he, He's yeah. going hard over here, yeah. like. I thought you were going to say something like, like, like. So that one's going up. We, like, what? I was so, forced to eat them. When I, okay. when I promote this, that picture of Lachelle's reaction to CJ will be posted as well. To be honest, yeah. that's my reaction to this entire weekend yeah. of Raging Cajun's baseball. Like, yeah. Raging Cajun's athletics in general. Tough. Nasty vegetable like asparagus or something. Asparagus, oh, asparagus. asparagus. No. Have you not had sauteed asparagus? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've Thank tried you, every CJ. form. I don't every form. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. No, oh, man. Man. Hey. Yo, they're trying to be quiet. They're trying to say anything. Yeah, it's pretty great. Asparagus is amazing. I like asparagus. Y'all love your bodies. Peas, we can do without, but asparagus, we don't love your body. God. I think this is the point where we wrap it up. Unless we have any more takes that need to fly. Because we we always go off the handle after the 40-minute mark. (laughs) We believe in bounce back week. Mm. All of our teams are going to win this weekend. All of them. At least once. Uh, At least once. Women's basketball is going to win at least one of them. I like it. I like optimism. And the Cajun's Cajun's, Cajun's basketball is going to sweep. Cajun's baseball is going to get back on track. Softball is going to get back to their winning ways. It's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be a good weekend. Knock on wood. Fingers are crossed. Mardi Gras break. Mardi Gras. Yes. Oh, man. We won't be recording on Mardi Gras. That sucks. Do we have For a- those of you who don't know, Mardi Gras is something that, you know, only the South has, so, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay, there you go. Maddie. Do we need to... For all uh, our New Jersey yeah. listeners yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> do, we need to Wyoming fans. do we need to promote a King of the Hill game right here? Are we going to do it? We're going to promote it. Okay, King of the... What day? We're going to figure it out after we wrap up recording. King it needs to be done. I'm ready, honestly, like... We can do a series of games and upload the series and upload all of it to Facebook or YouTube and Twitter and all that. Fantastic. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. All right. That will do it for this episode of the Ramona Sports Podcast. You can pick up the Vermilion newspaper around the UL campus. New editions come out every Wednesday. Also, check out other stories and news on thevermilion.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to our sports YouTube channel. And, well, you can see... Us five go against each other on the basketball. <laughs> that that's gonna happen. And it sounds like Lachelle's the most confident. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have no other choice. Come on now. Alright, I'm I'm not confident. I'm really sorry. Young I'm kids out there, if you are have a plate of peas, flush them. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't put them in the garbage. Uh, <laughs> Alright, that is flush all. <laughs> that is all for this episode of the podcast. Flush your peas and thank you for listening. <laughs>